welcome to Tell the Damn Story, the podcast that celebrates the trials and tribulations, the challenges and joys of creativity, and hopefully, along the way, helps you decide how you want to tell your damn story. Today, we are going to talk about contracts, and doing that is me, Chris Ryan, a former journalist, longtime teacher, and independent author of the Mallory and Gunner Supernatural Detective Tales, and the sci-fi high school thriller Genius High, and the uh, more and more relevant everyday kind of post-apocalyptic love letter to America called A Simple Rebellion. And with me is the legendary comic book scribing, iconic teenage detectives writing, great underused character developing, and globe-trotting creator of the world-renowned Blackjack, the African-American soldier of fortune, whose harrowing adventures reflect today's problems. Yes, we are talking about the one, the only, Alex Simmons, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Say the secret word. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are well, you, how are you, Alex? How I'm, are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, I, I, you know, I'm tired from doing all that work that you just introduced. <laughs> well, you know, you know we've been you busy. Have been busy. God bless you. We've been busy, and and actually oh busy. We talking about today, right? Yeah, busy. Been very busy. Yeah. Um, yeah, contracts. As a matter of fact, we were um journey from independent to hyphenate. Uh, author, meaning I'll both be an independent published and uh, traditionally published. I published and a couple of contracts showed up. It's doing it again. So uh, let's see what happens. We can we can take it from when I said busy. Uh, I'm going to turn off the video and see. Choose background. I don't want to. Oh, whoa. No, I don't want to do background effects. <laughs> It'll blow us out of the water. I'm just going to see if I can turn off the video. I'm going to get some tissues while you're doing that. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We're still recording here, folks, and I put up my icon because the thing keeps glitching. I'm hoping it won't keep doing that now. We just can't handle. Actually, no. I really want to see what the background effects look like. Okay. Do we have a lot of people in uh, in the house online right now? Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, Alex. Is there a ton of people that are working online in, on your Wi-Fi? Oh, in my place? More than likely, no. Uh, Gavin's the only one who's up right now. Yeah. Sean is the only one up, and he's prepping to leave, and uh, Ina has already left, and your godson is uh, still uh, unconscious. So. Ah, I, I, I told you the whiskey would work. He's a, he's a night owl. What am I going to do? Yeah, well, then, hey, like his godfather, yeah. Let's see, so I'll blame you. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, all right, I've turned off my image so that all you see is my icon. Let's see if that... Okay, okay so there you go. Yeah, let's see what happens here. So, just take it from... Uh, I'll even do the cue again, okay? And we'll see where we go from there, all right? Sure. Okay. And busy is actually what we're going to be talking about today, or actually business, right, Chris? Yes, business. Um... In my ongoing uh, journey from independently published to hyphenate author, which means independently published and traditionally published, um, I'm beginning to be traditionally published. and Which is a good tradition. <laughs> it's definitely a good tradition. And contracts have begun to show up. And they have been wildly different. And... Some are great, and some are very clear, and some were a little uh, uh, uncomfortable. And uh, I will turn to Alex Simmons. And in our discussion, we realized, hey, pretty good 
pretty good topic for an episode of Tell the Damn Story. So we're going to seek to try and cover some bases that uh, people who are um, aspiring uh, creatives and are wanting to go professional or are just beginning to go professional or having their first professional experiences, whatever, um, this may be helpful, and I hope it is. So. Yeah, ditto, ditto. And it, it's funny you chose this subject because um, – Periodically, I get, and I recently received a couple of them, I get emails from people who are asking me for advice, for asking if um, uh, I can work on something with them, a creation of their own. And they are really just sort of, you know, expressing and explaining their whole concept, their characters, all this in an email to an individual they've made no contact with before. They've never talked uh-huh. to before, and they're giving away plot, characterization, character backgrounds, all of this, and asking, you know, will you work with me? And I feel what like... What uh, is your advice uh, well, in that that's where I'm, I'm definitely going there with that, because one, wrong, very wrong, very, very, very wrong. And I don't mean to say that you're wrong as in, boy, what, you know, you're, you're bad people or anything like that, but you, you have taken something that you spent your time and energy and creativity bringing into existence, and then you've just given it away to a, a stranger, you know, in effect. Granted, you don't have to worry about me, but you don't know that. And so I often say that if you want to approach, especially if you're a newbie, you're not established and everything, you want to approach someone to collaborate with you or to get advice from them, you got to first send them an email that says, hi, my name is such and such, I'm a creative um, I'm working on a project, and I would really like to uh, seek your advice. Um, when may we speak? Something along those lines. And, you know, you can you know, tailor it to be a little bit more professional. So you first have to make contact with that person, and in a way that doesn't give away the house, all right? So if that person gets back to you, and they say, yeah, I'd be happy to talk to you about your project, all right? Now, remember, again, you haven't, you haven't maybe you put together a script, maybe you actually have you know, drawn the whole thing, but you haven't published it. It's, so it's not necessarily protected. The world hasn't seen it as yours yet. So what you need to do is protect yourself and protect your, your material. So how do we do that, Alex? Well, yeah, <laughs> we're getting back to that. How do we get to that? So what you do is obviously you get back to, um, when the person gets back to you and they say, hey, you know, I'd be more than willing to talk with you about the term. You ask them to sign an NDA. And an NDA stands for a non-disclosure agreement. It can be a one-page, two-paragraph, or maybe one concise paragraph that basically says, I'm going to introduce you to this material called such and such. You agree not to tell anybody on the planet about it ever. That, that's the basic of it. You can find you know, versions of this online somewhere, or you can reach out to uh, maybe a couple of professionals you know and get samples from them. But bottom line is you want that person to sign an agreement that says they will not talk to anybody else about this, period. End of discussion, right? If they sign that and they come back to you, okay, great. Now you can talk to them about your property. And then there are ways of doing that. But initially, you've got to protect yourself and your property. You never give out all that information about a creation of yours that is not already out in the public, not already copyrighted, trademarked, and protected in various ways to a stranger or even necessarily somebody that you, you know that you you know of as a celebrity in your particular industry. You just don't do that. Okay. Alex, before we continue with contracts, let's just clarify one thing. Uh, if someone has a property like this, an intellectual property that they've developed, written, drawn, whatever, um, and they think is ready to uh, move to the next, how do they affordably copyright and protect that property before they, before they go to the NDA step? Yeah, you know, um, this, this may be, again, an age thing, you know, uh, in terms of the, the, the good old days versus now. But I still hold to the belief that, I mean, first of all, there's the, the unwritten law, and it might even be written somewhere, <laughs> that once you create something, you, you own it. But, you know, anybody can contest that, get you in the court, it can turn into an ugly thing. So the first thing you need to do is once you've created something, um, you want to protect it 
especially if it's a story or a script, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute, you put, you can very simply put it in an envelope, right? Um, or you're going to send it to yourself, registered mail, return receipt requested. So you put in this envelope, you seal it, you go to the post office. Yeah, I know how ancient that is, but you do this. You go to the post office, or if you can do it. How under fire it is, but. Yeah, right, which is <laughs> for it not to disappear. But the idea is you're going to send it to yourself, registered mail, return receipt requested. And what that does is it goes through basically the post office, which is a government entity, right? Uh, it's stamped on the day that you mail it, right? It's stamped as it goes through the process. The receipt comes back to you stamped. So there's a time date stamp on, on everything on the outside, right? When that package comes back to you, pop it into a drawer somewhere. Don't open it. Don't touch it again. Put it away. Because should somebody try and, you know, rip you off, you will then take them to court or threaten to. That might be enough. But anyway, you take them to court with that package unopened, unopened. unopened. And in court, that is when it is open. They will check it. They will see. And then, you know, hopefully whatever the, the, the situation is can be rectified uh, in your favor. But the bottom line is you need to – that's the simplest, most inexpensive way to protect it that I know of. Now, yeah. there's – if there's a little bit of money, you can register with Writers Guild. Right. But that yeah. information, you can Google that and you can find that. Let's get oh, back absolutely. to it. Right. So one, of the thing, one of the things this episode really is going to say to you folks, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Chris, is that, you know, creativity and art when you're trying to make money with it is a business. Yeah. And you've got to you've got to respect that side of it. You may not be great at it, but you've got to respect that side of it. Yeah. Or or all your creativity will be for naught. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a few questions. We're going to ask you a few questions or I'm going to ask you a few questions about contracts. Uh, first up, uh, how do you tell, uh, you know, the difference between, uh, confident agreements, you know, and other contracts? What, what are the good signs of a contract? Clarity for one, um, <laughs> I, over the years, I've seen contracts that really, you would think I was actually trying to buy a small country, uh, <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, the, the wherefores and where tos and, and, and all of the, the legal gibberish that is inserted so that a, a two-page agreement becomes a 20-page document, you know, that should be, that needs to be carried by weightlifters. Uh, this is, this is some, you know, I mean, again, we're not talking about uh, taking over a corporation or uh, some of the other very involved legal business deals that one has to be, you know, pulled into or can be pulled into. We're talking about certain basics. A contract is, in effect, wording that states the understanding and expectations of an agreement or an arrangement between two parties. So if a writer and an artist are going to work together and they're going to work on an entity that is may be created by one of them or created by both of them, there should be an agreement, a written agreement. The fact that you're friends, you've known each other for years, whatever, that's all good. There's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But believe me, should it take off in, in any, any way that involves money, you want to have your agreement and understanding in writing. So you can do that in two or three pages. You know, very straightforward, very clear. This is what I expect from you. This is what you expect from me. This is how long this agreement will last. If we want to renew this agreement, this is what has to happen. This is what needs to be said. If one of us wants to do something with this property, you, you know, the other must agree to that in writing. And then last but not least, should something happen to one of us, this is where those rights go automatically. Yeah. Those are the basics. You know, and, and, you know, again, money, when money enters a project of any kind between relatives or friends, it gets interesting. Right. And, and, you know, it tests people's integrity. It tests a lot of things. So, again, having something in writing as a guide to what is expected of you from that point forward 
is useful. And it's actually saved relationships more so than it's damaged them. Beautiful. Now, of course, um, the simpler projects tend to have simpler contracts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so a short story may be an easier contract than a novel. Or it shouldn't be. Yeah. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be too much more difficult. But then, if you go to a novel and you're talking about potential movie or TV rights, and, merchandising, uh, all of that, merchandising, yeah. multiple uh, uh, country publication, and all that, it's understandable that that would be a little longer and a little more complicated. But you know, complicated and complex—two different things, wouldn't you say? Yes, I I would. And and again. Um, let me let me just state right here again, or I should say for the first time, let, let me state it, that neither Chris nor I are lawyers. <clears throat> so, I mean, let's, let's get, this out, get, get this out on the table. We are we, not lawyers. We don't even play one on TV. Well, I actually, I did once, but that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, Alex Simmons has done everything, ladies and gentlemen. The reality here is that you know, you have experiences and you, you chronicle those experiences. You log those in because the idea is theoretically you're going to learn from them. You know, sometimes we make the same mistake twice, but <laughs> thrice a problem. So, yeah, complexity in working out details, clear details about a very multifaceted arrangement. Yes. A, yeah, get a lawyer. B, it's going to take more time, more verbiage, more words. Uh, but again, it does not have to be tongue-twisting, mind-meshing and mushing uh, uh, verbiage on a page. It can be clear. It can absolutely be clearly stated. I, I would also say this, you know, folks, you know, um, this is sage old wisdom here. Uh, contracts are really, really only as good as the integrity of the people behind it. So that's another good reason for when you're going to start to get into the you know, really serious business with people and things like that. You you want to make sure your documents are clear and and really, if you can't afford it, you want to get some legal advice. Maybe you don't have to hire a lawyer to to do everything for you, but you might want to have some things checked by a lawyer. You know, maybe you pull out a little money out of the pocket and let the moths fly. But you know, you really you're trying to protect yourself. And you're trying to protect your work, and that's that's what's important. And there are some things to. Uh Keep a lookout for. Mm-hmm. You, know, you always want to make sure that it is your work and it, it, it stays your work, you know. Um, and then if they want possession of it and if they want possession of the characters and all that sort of stuff, then it becomes a, um, a bigger decision for you, you know. Yeah. It does. Um, if if the money is right and if you can live with it, that's a personal choice. But you have to be aware. There are so many writers who did not realize they were signing away all sorts of rights that they didn't need to sign away. So you yeah. have to be aware of it. Yeah, there's a reality too. Um, you know, again, being being uh, the senior member of the team here. Uh, I, I am able to look back at, at certain key moments in space and time. And one of the things is when, you know, back in the I just the- want to point out that I let all of that go. But yes, it's been really nice to me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can remember a time very easily when if you wrote a book and, and people liked it and they wanted to, you know, they wanted to make money off of it and get it out there and all that, you know, basically you were looking at your book rights and you were probably looking at movie rights. That that was it was that simple. It was a possibility they would turn it into a movie. So you had your agent, book rights, possible movie rights, and that was pretty much the negotiation. Easily within five, ten years, uh, as I was becoming more accustomed to the industry, it changed drastically when suddenly you know people were looking at audiobooks and they were looking at uh, movie and TV possibilities, and they were looking at uh, series possibilities, and it, it, you know, just DVDs and streaming, and all. Suddenly, the you know the the mediums, the platforms in which your material could be dispersed, grew exponentially. It seemed, 
And sub subsequently, contracts had to then also expand in terms of their coverage. So yeah, it's a, there's very simple ways of looking at this, but the basic one is just what Chris said. What are you willing to give up and for how much? That's, that's really your, your, your biggest question. And if you've created something that you want to just get out there and make you some money, then fine, look at the contracts, get a lawyer, whatever, figure out what they're offering you. If that's the right figure, say bye-bye, baby, and take the check to the bank. But if for whatever reason you want to protect certain rights on it, then you've got to be clear what they're asking for, uh, what you will not agree to, and whether or not you can walk away from a deal. If, right. if, you know, if you know, you may need the money, you may want the connection, but if they're asking you for too much, can you walk away from it? Now, I'm going to talk about that for a minute, but in a minute, but I want to uh, quote uh, or paraphrase Stephen King, because if, you know, the contract does become right and the amount does become right and you cash that check and walk away, you know, like, you, you know, they're going to make a movie that's their interpretation of your book. Mm-hmm. You always have your book. That's your vision of it. So be prepared for that um, emotionally and psychologically and stuff. But that's that's a happy problem. God bless you. Um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go back to the roots again, and um, you know one of the things you said in the conversation we had yesterday was uh, you know Chris, there is such a thing as negotiation. And, uh, <laughs> and smart when I say things like that. Yes, yes, you're fantastic. Um, and the reason why was, brings us to the next question, you know, um, how to handle, how do you handle contracts that have elements that you may not be comfortable with? That doesn't mean the potential publisher has evil intent or has, you know, one is trying to rip you off. It just might be something you're not comfortable with, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you handle that? Well, you know, once again, professional is a good word, you know, and it actually has some integrity built into it. Some people may ignore that, but that's always where I try and I try and stand when I enter any kind of negotiation. Because ultimately someone has said to you, this is what I want. And you can say to them, no, you can say yes, or you can say, well, you know what, I'm I'm okay with one, two, and three, but four and five, I'm, I'm really not that comfortable with. Let's talk about that. It's that simple. It's when the emotions get involved that it gets really complex and ugly. But from a professional negotiating standpoint, it's someone says, this is what I want, or this is what I'm offering, and you can say yes or no to that. And if it's no, okay. If it's, you know what, I, I'd really like to discuss it with you, then discussion, negotiation is what should be the next thing to transpire. Right. Yeah, that's um, the simplest right. form of it. Simplest form. Now, what we're talking about here is that, you know, you may get a contract that is one or two paragraphs long, and it's very straightforward. We have uh, first publication rights, and these are our rights, and you own the copyright, and everything reverts to you after we publish it the first time. Bam, clear and simple, fantastic. Others might be a little more complicated. Doesn't mean that the red flags go up, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's longer if it's clear, and they're just covering every base, and they have more belief in how far a project might go, they have a right to to be that ambitious as long as everybody is clear and everybody is treated fairly, right? Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes red flags go up, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. um, not, uh, not to find fault with uh, this contract because it, this other contract I got because it may work out, but they're wound up being this very small window of opportunity built into the contract for me to regain my copyright, you know, my rights. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, uh, they wanted seven years and then six months was the window for me to contact them and request it back. And I, 
I have never done business that way. Well, wait a minute. Let me let me just let me just ask you this question, just for the clarification of the audience. You said that they that you had they had it for seven years, and then there's going to be six months for you to. So, do you mean after seven years after there was seven a years window? Then there was yeah. So I would had have to keep uh, aware of that ticking clock, and within you know the end of that seventh year and six months afterwards, I would have to contact them and say um, taking back the copyright. I wasn't comfortable with that because I am much more used to the the former arrangement, you know, and um, I think that uh, that can be negotiated. And with your encouragement, I did suggest that. We'll see what happens with it. But you have to be comfortable, you know. Yeah. Um, considering that, I mean, if they were saying, well, we're going to do this seven and, and here's a million dollars, and then I would be like, well, I'm going to, for a million dollars, my only other job is to contact them <laughs> in seven years. You know, that's that's a worthwhile remuneration, right? Yeah, but I think what you're saying, folks, is he would take the money. <laughs> well, because again, you know, yeah. it's his business, right? So, yeah. you know, there there are some people who will offer. Okay, listen. Um. Well, you know, let's go. Let's go to um, Dolly Parton, right? She wrote That's a song called "Negotiation." No one's ever offered that before. Well, well, relax now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dolly Parton wrote uh, "I Will Always Love You," right? <laughs> and I will always love you, something, and uh, recorded it, and it was beautiful. And uh, Colonel Parker, Elvis's agent or manager. Uh, contact her because Elvis wanted to do wanted to cover that song, so she was delighted because it was Elvis, right? And then Colonel says, "Of course, all the copyright and stuff is transferred over to us, but you'll be so much more famous because Elvis will do your song." Oh, jeez! And she said, "Thank you, no." <laughs> Because she's got a great head for business, as you can see with the rest of her career, right? Um, and of course, Whitney Houston eventually did that song to great, great success that she and uh, Dolly Shannon, you know, so God bless them. But you have to know what the red flags are. Yeah. And it's usually in your gut, you know, um, the seven years and all that sort of stuff as um, combined with the... Uh, perfectly acceptable but you know minimal remuneration um because it's one short story you know it is what it is right uh, i'm fine with that i'm excited to be part of that project um they're offering also one uh author copy i know i would buy more um so i would probably spend what they're paying me for the short story on copies everything was great except you know the length of time, yes. Yeah, and, and having to, you know, uh, uh, kind of shoot the rapids on that little window of opportunity, you know? Well, well what if he know, changes again, his email? What if, you know, just if the to, response doesn't come back? That doesn't, just, that doesn't just sound to be, right to me at all. Just play you devil's know? advocate here. Yes, um, sir. Just to play devil's advocate. People, you know, for instance, there are, in my experience, there are a number of people who take on a business deal or try to initiate a business deal. They're, they're entrepreneurs, they're creating their own company, they're putting out their own books, whatever it is. And they, they jump into the deep water with paperwork. They, they, they realize, okay, we're gonna have to have contracts and they start grabbing at contracts from somewhere else and use that as a template for what they're going to do. Uh, and they don't necessarily know what they're doing. So sometimes what you will run into is someone who who just grabs because they don't know any better. Now, again, I'm not excusing we bad know about business, person. bad behavior. I'm just saying there's some people that don't know any better. And so they'll throw it at you and think, okay, yeah, here's a contract, right? And yeah, you, you are still in that position of taking a breath and looking at it, reading it, finding out what is okay with you and what isn't, and then going back to them, not saying various nasty things about their ancestry, but going back to him saying, you know, points A through, you know, D look fine to me, but E through Z, uh, we need to talk. 
and and be clear about what your objections are. And then if it's not an attack on them, I mean, again, if you don't go in there aggressively as if, you know, you just tried to rip me off. If you can go in there, again, from a professional standpoint and say, I'm sorry, but when I read through these, I had some questions or, you know, these, these particular clauses here make me a little uncomfortable. Can we talk about this? If they go, well, uh, 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 now you're in a place where, okay, you and I both need to talk and hopefully you're willing, this is going to work. If they come back to you with an attitude, well, this is what we do. And you, then you can say very clearly in your head, this may not be a person I want to do any kind of business with. Sure. You know? So again, like Chris is saying, the alarms can go off. I, I would say it's not like the buildings on fire leap from the window. It might be, okay, I smell smoke, let me get out of here. Or I smell smoke, let me check that I didn't leave something on the stove. It can be that those kinds of reactions to now, a, a business deal. Uh, this also leads us to the last two questions for today. And it's about how you handle the discomfort. Uh, full disclosure, uh, long-time listeners may have, on rare occasion, <laughs> uh, witness that I can be passionate about things. <laughs> just a just just a hair. Well, um, is my friend well phrased? Yes. Now, yesterday, I expressed my passion on the topic, and it came across to Alex as um, angry or uh, upset or whatever, and it became another teachable moment for today. You know, so the question, Alex, that uh, I'd like you to discuss, uh, discuss if you don't mind. Okay. Um, can you tell us why anger, frustration, sarcasm, attitude, and ultimatums don't work as um, uh, uh, business strategies? Okay. I will get pushback on this, I'm sure, but it is my preferred methodology, and I have seen this methodology uh, do well in many given situations. So here, here's where we stand. First and foremost, um, people love to push your buttons, because if they can push your buttons, they can manipulate you in ways that you don't even understand. So when you get all, not you, you, Chris, but when a person gets all upset and all freaked out and all angry and all frustrated and is, is, is already coming from that place of anxiety and tension, you're not thinking clearly. You are not thinking clearly. And it's at those moments that stuff can slip by you. It's at those moments that things can be said that can not only burn bridges, but destroy towns, to, to use a metaphor. So the first thing you need to do to protect you is to be able to think clearly, is to be able to reason, to be able to hear exactly what's being said to you, you know, either overtly or covertly, to hear that and then be able to make decisions that benefit you. So containing your emotions is useful to you. It's, it's not even so much about protecting the other person, not wanting to look bad in front of public, no. It's to keep you centered so you can measure what's really going on to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. So now, again, they like to press your buttons, push your buttons, get you all, freaked out so that stuff can be said or done and get by you. So that's one thing. Another thing is we are living in a state now, and I don't mean New York. I mean, we're living in a condition, a societal condition where people are a little bit more on edge. And so again, sometimes innocent things, let alone, you know, manipulative things can be said and people ignite immediately. And again, misunderstandings, miscommunications can occur. So, once again, take a breath. If you feel you're in a situation where, okay, I'm just too emotional about this, you know, put it on, on pause. Put it on pause. You know what? I can't talk to you about this now, but I would like to make an appointment to talk to you about this. Boom. Fill in a date. Give yourself some, some breathing time. Or maybe just, I need to take a walk. I'll call you back. Whatever. Get yourself centered. I would, I would also uh, prepare people to not fall to strategic tricks. Like if you're talking like we are now, and someone says, uh, lower your voice, 
that's a strategic trick. It makes you, you know, throws you off what you were saying. And now you're thinking, was I screaming? Was I? If you know you weren't, just, you know, let's remain professional here. Yeah. And yeah. move on, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, do, you, do you need a minute? Uh, you seem excited. You seem upset. Well, that's your perception. I'm here to talk business. And, yeah. You know, and don't don't take the bait because they want you to take the bait so that they have the upper hand. Also, relax, I'm sorry. Go know ahead. what you relax. Know what you want to say before you go in for contact. And we actually one of the things we're going to end with is your advice as far as email, but we'll get to that. So. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add about anger, frustration, sarcasm? Well, yeah, I, I think, you know, again, um, some people like a combative environment. You know, it makes them feel like they're really duping it out. They're really, you know, this is business, this is great. You know, like they're gladiators in an arena. And, I mean, if you're into that sort of thing and the people that you're doing business with are into that sort of thing, then you got your own relationship, and, and, and that's, that's, that's on you guys. But I, I would say, I'm, I'm sorry, I, but I would I, say, I Alex, say, I was going to say that what I've seen, and, and I'm, I'm putting this not only, I'm putting this out there to everybody, but I'm also focusing in on, on the younger crowd. And I know we've got one or two. Uh, is, you know, there's, there's the sort of aggressive, energized, um, youthful uh, aesthetics that you, you project, you know, as a, as a young person. You know, because you're eager, you're angry, you know, so your, your energy level is up, and that's great. For some circumstances, but when again you get into a business situation, check yourself. And that doesn't mean you have to pretend to be something you aren't. But if you're in a situation, somebody is presenting you, presenting you with with an arrangement you're not comfortable with, you know, instead of saying, "Look, man, I, you, you know, don't don't even feel you need to go there." Say, "Okay, you know what? I got to check this out. I'll get back to you. Back out of it. I don't mean cower out. I just mean put it put it on pause." Give yourself the time you need to reach out, think about it, maybe pull in some advice from some people, and then go back. And if the person says, no, you got to act on this right now, then, you know, you got a decision to make. And I think in most situations, if somebody's telling you, no, I need your decision now, you got to sign this right now, that's them pushing you. And if they're that's a red flag. Right. And you don't feel like, I didn't see this coming. You feel like, you know, where's this coming? You know, then that's a red flag. Absolutely. Well, so again, yeah, we're not about trying to keep yourself centered as much as possible. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Chris. And, well, two, a couple of things. One, we're not making a ham sandwich here, you know, yeah. <laughs> right? I need this right now. Well, you know, if they say we're up against the deadline, well, then, okay, what is the deadline? Yeah. Well, it's two weeks. Okay. I will speak with you tomorrow. Yeah. You know, the time that you prefer. Exactly. You know? Um, or, or if you're in the office or whatever, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to go to the restroom. I'll be right back. You know, if you can do that, or if you're on the phone, say I have an, another incoming call. Um, may I call you back? There's, you know, and again, you're retaining your space and your power. Now I wanted to refer you, you mentioned that some people like to get into the tangle and that kind of stuff and, you know, duke it out or whatever. That's great when you're established and you um, have some um, agency, you know. Uh, Which means that you, you have some credits. You have, you, yeah, if you, you know. Yeah. If you're, you know, I don't know, Brian Michael Bendis or, um, uh, you know, somebody who's done that much stuff, you know, Neil Gaiman, well, then, then, you know, you can, you can discuss it from the Neil Gaiman-ness of it all, but first time in the door, it could define you as a problem, right? And you always have to keep your eye on the prize, right? Yep. If you are, you know, trying to get published in a certain place or a certain way, that's the prize, right? Mm -hmm. And if you want, if you want this contract with this company, or you want this song published, or you know this TV show you have to go to at least pilot, well then that's a factor, right? 
And, and you know, I would also say that, you know, please keep in mind, guys, uh, that if you have a property that you created, if you feel, you know, I'm an artist, this is what I do, I'm creative, I'm volatile, I'm this, and then, you know, then get somebody else to handle your business or your negotiations to represent you in that respect so that you don't, yeah, you, don't, you don't explode, you know, in the middle of a scenario that, you know, could have benefited you, but you, you couldn't contain yourself. You couldn't, you couldn't step back long enough to take the broader look at this and figure things out, see, okay, exactly what do I want? How does it benefit me? You know, that's, that's you know, it's, it's like any other uh, uh, sport or uh, business deal or certain other scenarios where if you have a particular skill, but two other skills are needed, well, you can kind of try and make that happen, or you can find people who are good at that thing and let them do their thing, you do yours, and everybody benefits 100%. So that's just another way to look at it. You know, if, if, if business head is not your thing, then start to associate with people who can cover that base for you. Right. And I would also add that it is a learnable skill. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Can I can I take a moment to tell a quick story? And now, ladies and gentlemen, a quick story. <laughs> by legendary Alex. Aesop's fables. Um, way back, <laughs> way back when I was first starting to do blackjack at conventions, and, and I don't mean I was playing cards. Notice I didn't say a word. Yes, ahead, way back. Uh, we would pull the covered wagons into a circle. Um, I, was at a, I was at a San Diego Comic-Con some years back, and uh, some young brothers came up to me, and it was great. I mean, they were in their uh, mid, you know, I would say mid-20s. And they were very excited, very excited, talking about this comic book uh, studio that they were putting together. And they had a couple of properties that they were already developing. And the gentleman who was doing the majority of the talking was you know, just really just full of energy and promise and light and all that. And there was a young lady standing right next to him. Now, he'd introduced his buddies. He hadn't introduced the lady. And so I said to him, excuse me, I said, you know, hi, I'm Alex Simmons. And she says, oh, hi, thank you. She says, but, you know, I don't, I don't do comics. I said, no, that's fine. That's fine. I said, but I assume you're with the group. She said, yeah. You know, and he said, oh, yeah, well, this, is, this is my woman. I said, oh, okay, all right, fine. I said, well, it's nice to meet you. I don't like to ignore anybody. She said, fine. So then he goes through this, and at one point, you know, again, it's like, I said, well, what, what do you do? I had to turn to the lady again. And she said, well, you know, I'm, I'm about to graduate from, and I cannot remember the university, but it was a major university in California. It was a major business university in California. And I said, oh, I said, what are you studying? And she ran it down. And she, I said, ooh, you sure? I said, great. Well, so I then turned to the young man. I said, it, does she help you out with the business end of your, of your studio and stuff like that? She said, oh, no, no, man, this is just my woman. And I went, oh, my God. You know, and I, I'm rubbing my temples in pain. I'm saying, he didn't say that. He didn't say it. So I had to stop him. I said, L let me see if I got this right. Do you trust her? And he immediately figures I'm thinking, is she stepping out on it? He says, no, no, she is. I said, no, no, that's not what I mean. I said, do you trust her? I said, yeah, I trust her. I said, all right. I said, so let me see if I get this right. This young lady is about to graduate from this prestigious business college. And when she gets out, there are going to be businesses, companies, corporations, whatever, that are going to want to pay her money for her knowledge and her skill. And you're not asking her for any kind of business advice. And she's already on your side. And she goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> And I busted out laughing because obviously she had, in the past, tried and it had been pushed aside, ignored. So this is something that I, you know, his boys were standing there like, okay, who do we agree with now, right? This is something that I have kept in my mind for all these years because ultimately that is a trap that many of us fall into. We do not look at our significant others or our friends or, you know, the really once you have some real skills that would help us, we don't look at them that way because, oh, they're just so-and-so. And in particular, you know, couples, oh, you're just my boyfriend, you're just my girlfriend. Whoa, <laughs> check yourself. Think about that. Because again, this young man was in a position where he had somebody who was, and she was, as I remembered it, she was doing very well she, in, the, in, the, in grade wise. She had talked about some stuff. So look to, your, your, your friends, your group, your posse, you know, your family, really screen them, really filter it and see, you know, who's got their head on straight and has some skills that might help me get through this business moment here and then see if you can approach them on it. Yes, you know, 
for some, it's get over yourself, you know? Yeah. Others, it's <laughs> exactly. you know, wake up to the gifts that are around you. Wake up! Um, yeah, this brings us to the final question on this for the day. And it's about being open to that. And it's also about why we're looking for your opinion on why calm professionalism is always better, even if you lose the gig. Um, I think, again, you know, there's, there's a, a, a number of different ways that one can approach this, but let's just look at it. First and foremost, uh, you're building your reputation. You're stepping out into the business world. You're going to try and make a living at this. You're going to try and build up your business, build up your reputation. You do not need to be known as a whack job, uh, irresponsible, um, uh, you know, impossible to, to talk to. You don't need the negativity piled on top of your name as you're trying to develop your reputation. You know, that you're going to run into people who are going to push your buttons trying to get that because it's part of a way of them manipulating you into a business arrangement. But you always need to remember, like, like Chris said a little while ago, keep your eye on the prize. What are you there for? Who are you? You know, come, come as who you are and be real, but be professional. Be absolutely professional. So that you can walk out of there knowing, excuse me, you know, I kept, I kept myself together, you know. I came correct. I was proper. I was professional, whatever term you want to use. And I tried to have a business conversation. This person became, you know, disrespectful or whatever. I don't need to be here. This is not somebody I want to do business with. If you're going to keep playing games with me and try and trick me and stuff, I do not want a long-term relationship with you. Now, if they're, you know, some big corporation and if you can get this deal, it means all kinds of crazy money for you then you have to be even more intelligent, even more aware, even more patient, because you got to wear them out. You've got to somehow weave your way through all the minefield that they're going to run you through so that you come out with what you want and what you need, and they've got some of what they want, and you can move forward from there. You haven't sold your soul, and you're not, you haven't lost a leg. You know, and I'm using metaphors to be, you know, humorous, but also clear. It's business is sometimes a walk in the park, but sometimes it is a run through a minefield. And you've got to be aware You and try and protect yourself, try and protect whatever you've created that you really want to succeed with. So being professional, being patient, being focused, being informed. Having a lawyer or, or at least taking the time to read documents, get help if you need that. Don't be don't be uh, shy about, you know, asking for help from the right people because that only serves you. You know, and if again, you may want and I've, I've got a number of these experiences under my belt. You may want a deal. You may want this opportunity. I've, I've been in situations several times where, uh, you know, blackjack was on the table. Uh, a contract could be signed, and I might be able to, within a year, see my creation on the big silver screen. And I had to walk away from the deal. I had to say no, because there were aspects of that deal that I could not live with. You know, and some people say, oh, you're, you're just being ridiculous. You're just being selfish. You're just being you know, unreasonable. And I'm thinking, maybe you see it that way. Maybe I am. But I also know that at the end of the day, I couldn't live with those particular clauses. I wouldn't be okay with that. Or in one case, I didn't trust the people that wanted to take over this property. I didn't trust that they would represent him, me, and a black hero in a respectful manner. I felt that you know, within a year, if the movie was on the screen, I'd be ashamed to say I had any part in, in creating that, or I wouldn't recognize it. You know, so... You know, like I said, in the end, you need to be okay with your decisions. And ultimately, you know, you're the one who's going to have to look at you in the mirror and look yourself in the eye. Feel good with the decisions you've made. Yep. And a lot of us make mistakes and a lot of us have to live with that and a lot of sort of stuff. But you are in control of a lot of this. You know, you write, you tell your damn story. 
and then you have to shepherd your damn story out to the world as best you can. And more times than not, retaining control and putting out, you know, putting out your best self, that's going to serve your story better than other choices you could make. Absolutely. And I would I would add just to bring back to a couple of things that were said by you, Chris, and, and by me throughout this is, um, again, it is a business. Absolutely. And what you do want to be as clear as you possibly can be, you know, and let's face it, like Chris says, we, we all make mistakes or we all maybe shoot for one thing and, and miss something else. But try and be clear about what you really want. What, what are your goals with this entity or, or with your career? What do you really want? Because, again, negotiation is part of the experience. And part what your part is, is knowing what I will give up and what I won't. You know, that's if you can be as clear as you can be about that, it will help you because that, you know, there are certain entities or certain properties that I've created that I would have said, go do what you want with this. That's fine. You know, just give me the check and and I'm going to go pay some bills. But there are other things that I'm saying, no, I need to shepherd this. I need to feel that this is going to be in the right hands or there's no deal. And yeah, in, in some cases, they were difficult times and a check would have helped. But I also knew that I that was the price I could not pay. And, and of course, you know, the discomfort that came after that, I had to live with. But I also knew that I could not go for that deal. So just try and be as clear as you can about what you want, what you're willing to give or do for that, and what you're not. And that will help you a lot in your negotiations. And in your journey to tell the damn the story. Damn story. <laughs> We got the All right, so, <laughs> yeah, we did. So if you um, if you have questions or if you have comments, you know, you can uh, uh, leave them on any of our social media pages. Uh, Tell a damn story is on most of the social uh, social media, and uh, if you're listening to this podcast, there's usually a comment section down below. Absolutely. Um, and. Um, and um, by the way, next time, next time, there, there was a couple of questions that were, were served to me, uh, which we will take on next time in our next episode. Cool. Okay. Episode 153. Yeah. 152. This has been episode 152, Alex, as always. Yes. Take us home, brother. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So everybody, peace, love, all that good stuff. Keep, keep creating. Uh, and um, Chris and I will be here again next week. So. That's it for now. Chris, love you. Take care of yourself, brother. Peace, brother. We'll talk to you soon. You got it.